1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 to 13. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters over some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will always make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Amen. 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 We have received a word this year in the New Year's prayer meeting that this will be a year of overcoming victory. And uh, the Word of God says that you are more than a conqueror. But some people don't see themselves as that. But God says you're not only a victor, but you're more. It means that you are a super victor. That's what the word means more than a conqueror. And so God has ordained you to be victorious because Jesus has overcome the world. And therefore, if we're in Christ, we are overcomers. Now, this year, God wants you to be victorious in areas of your life where you have previously been defeated. And don't pretend you haven't been defeated in some areas. Some of you are defeated with your mouth. You speak certain things. Some of you are defeated through technology. You spend all your time on it. Some of you are defeated through what you look on the internet. You know you repent over and over and over again. Some of you are defeated by idolatry. And God says to you, the word of God says, not this year. So, Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is powerful. I thank you that it accomplishes things when we preach it in the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you that today, the dead bones, every dead place in our hearts and our life will be revived today. There shall be revival of spirits in this place through the Word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. And what I want to speak about today is this year... God says, you will be victorious, you will overcome temptation. And you need to hear that word because the one thing that is certain about 2024, temptation is going to come. Serious temptation will come to your life. How do we know that? The Bible says we are not ignorant of the devil's schemes. And Ephesians 6 speaks about Satan being 
a lion who prowls around studying his prey. And it says, stand and stand so that in the evil day, you may not be defeated. And see, not every day is the evil day. Satan studies you like he studies a flock of whatever, sheep or whatever, whatever lions eat. And then he studies them and sees the day you're vulnerable. And that's when he attacks you. So we know you are going to be attacked and you will be attacked with temptation. He will put things before you to tempt you to get out of the will of God, to get out of the plan of God for your life. And it's really important we understand how to overcome because you and I are not as strong as we think we are. You know, most people I've met in my life who really got undone by temptation said something like, uh, that may be for other people, but I know I'm strong in God. I'm telling you, you're not as strong as you think you are. Peter fell. David fell. Good man, strong man of God fell. So you need to understand that temptation's going to come. And the temptation, like Israel, that you would have thought they would have been strong enough. Here, this passage lists the fact that they fell in the wilderness, and it says most of these Christians or believers, most, not some, God was not pleased with, and they fell in the wilderness. That means they did not get to the place that God ordained and purposed for their life. God has got a calling. God has got a purpose for your life. He made you a certain shape, and they didn't get there. They died in the wilderness, until, and their children got there. I'm going to say, I'm not, I'm going, I'm not going to miss what God has for me. I know my children are going to get it, but I'm going to get it too. And they fell in the wilderness, and the reason they did not inherit the blessing, the purpose, they didn't walk into what God, the beautiful things God has prepared for us, he says they didn't receive it, but they fell because of five things. They fell, it says, because they lusted. Look at that, verse 6. They lusted after evil things. They lusted. What does that speak about? Well, God used to, God brought them out and he delivered them from uh, Egypt. And he delivered them out of Egypt. And in Egypt, they used to eat leeks and onions. And instead of that, God fed them with this stuff called manna. And manna was produced supernaturally by God. It was God's supernatural provision that sustained them for 40 years. What does manna mean? What's that? That's what I think manna means. But they ate this for 40 years. When it fell, it was like, what is this? It was a provision of God. But they, what happened with the people in the wilderness? God was giving them supernatural provision and they tired of God's supernatural provision and lusted after what God had delivered them from. And God has, he has provided supernaturally for a lot of you. And it's very, very possible to get tired of what God is doing and what he's doing for you 
and desire to go back to that thing which he freed you from. They lusted after that which they'd been delivered from, and they fell. Second thing it says they fell was because of idolatry. Verse 7, do not become idolaters. This was it refers to. It refers to Exodus 32 where, and it's, it's really instructive here, you've got to understand the power of idolatry, that when God brought them out of Egypt, the first thing they did, as soon as God turned his back, as soon as Moses turned his back, went up the mountain to be with God, the first thing they did was make an idol. First thing, that's how strong the pull of idolatry is on the human heart. Our hearts are so prone to making idols. And they made this thing, they put their money in, they put their gold in, Aaron fashioned it with a tool, even the leaders got involved with it. And then this, they made this calf and they all started to dance around this calf. Now we don't make calves today, but you know what an idol is? An idol is? It's the thing in your life that you are most committed to with your money, with your schedule. You know, they danced around this thing. It's the thing which really excites you. Some people, you take them to a football match, and they're jumping up and down, but you can't get them to raise their hands in church. That's because sport is an idol. And I believe the biggest idol in our nation is self. That's why people are so fascinated with social media and taking selfies, and because self has become an idol. And your idol will always stop you from finding life in Christ. You can be religious. Listen to what Psalm 115 says about idols. It's so profound. If you, if you are right with Jesus and you're most committed to Him, He is alive and imparts life to you. But Psalm 115 says this, it says this about idols. It's so, it says they don't have hands, they don't have handle, they, they do not, they have feet but they don't walk, nor do they mutter through their throat. Those who make them are like them and so is everyone who trusts in them. So it's basically saying they are dead and so is everyone who trusts in them. So Jesus imparts life but an idol imparts death to you. And they fell. Because they lusted, they had idols. Thirdly, it says they fell because they committed sexual immorality. Verse 8. And let me just say really, really clearly, in this culture, you know, so many things are unclear in this area, but any sex outside of marriage, any, is sin. It's sin before God. And, and our culture is so sexually obsessed. You know, they use sex to, to market everything in football. And I want to tell you that I, I really believe, particularly young men, that you've got to be instructed by Job who made a covenant with his eyes. There are certain things you can't look at. You've got to turn the TV off. You've got to walk out of the cinema. You've just got to make a covenant with your eyes. If you're going to be victorious in this area, you have to be honest. And you know, as a young woman, if you're dating a man, 
you know, these days there's an expectancy when people date two or three times that, you know, you've got to become sexual. If you have a, if you're dating a man who actually puts that pressure on you, walk away from him. He's not of God. Not of God. So they, they fell because of sexual immorality. The third, the fourth thing they sold, they tempted Christ. What is, it, what is it to tempt Christ? There it is in verse 9, nor let us tempt Christ. It means that they constantly didn't believe that God was directing them. And constantly didn't believe God was in control of their life. And God is sovereign. And He is, you've got to rest in Him and you've got to believe that He's in control of your life. And you know, not all things God authors, but if it gets to you, He's allowed it. If it's not, if it's not allowed, if it's not going to do you good, all things work together for your good, He'll stop it getting to you. But He wants you to trust that whatever is happening in your life, He is in control, He's overseeing it. Doesn't doesn't author everything, but if it gets to you, he allows it. He wants you to trust him and not to tempt him. And the last thing they were dis- disqualified by, it says, refers to Numbers 21. They were destroyed by serpents because they were complaining. You know, they grumbled. When, you know, where Moses was trying to lead them, they grumbled. When Moses was trying to feed the manna, they grumbled. When Moses married a wife, they grumbled. They just constantly grumbled. And what grumbling is, it's sins of your mouth. And because of the sins of their mouth and the other sins, they couldn't get to where God was taking. And many people can't get to where God's taking them because of the sins of our mouth. Could be gossiping. Could just be you got a critical spirit. You criticize everybody. Or you may be so negative. All you do is, you know, there's life and Death's in the power of the tongue, but you just speak negative and you just speak death everywhere you're going. God will never honor that. He likes us to speak in agreement with what God says. But they were disqualified because of the sins of their mouth. And those, basically, if you're going to be tempted this year, it'll be in one of those areas. It'll be in the area of lusting, it'll be in the area of idolatry, it'll be in the area of sexual immorality, it'll be in the area of tempting God, it'll be in the area of sins with your mouth, complaining and grumbling. And God says to you this day, He says, you know, some of us have been defeated, we've been going around the mountain for years upon years upon years because we keep repeating the same things. But God wants you to know, He's put the Holy Spirit in you. Greater is He that is in you than is in the world. He has ordained for you, He's planned for you to have victory and to overcome. And this year, the word I got, that you will have victory where you have been overcome in the past. You will conquer that thing, that habit, which has stopped you going on with God, which has stopped you moving forward with God. How are you going to overcome this year? How? How are you going to be not like many believers? Here, most of them didn't get there. But you want to be someone who says, I've walked into what God had for me. What a wonderful thing it is to do that. You know, I, I, I've ministered with quite a few people who have uh, fallen and failed when it comes to temptation. But I've never met anyone who said, you know what, Pastor? I plan to wreck my life. 
I planned to wreck my marriage. I planned to wreck my family. I planned it. No one, no one actually plans it. What happens is when the evil day comes, they're simply not prepared. They're not prepared. And one of the keys to being an overcomer is like the Boy Scouts. Be prepared. Be prepared. And this is what I believe. This is why we're praying 21 days to start the year. We're calling people to get in the Word of God early. We are bringing this series because we are preparing you and this church for a victorious year. You've got to position yourself. Now, how do you do that? I want us to begin by looking at the book of Daniel. Preached on this before, but it's just so instructive. Daniel was a man, young man, who was like many of the, many of the, the, the Israelites. They were taken from Israel when Babylon conquered Israel, and they took the majority of the Israelites into captivity. And the first ones to go were the young kind of ones attached to the royal family. And Daniel was part of these, this young group. And they were taken into the royal palace of Babylon, and they were going to be trained to be used by King Nebuchadnezzar in the Babylonian government. And he was taken in, this young man, amongst many other young men. And when they got into, uh, this, into Babylon, the king actually, it says, he prepared food for them. Better food than what the people in the, uh, the commoners got. And it says that the king, in verse 5, appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies of the wine which he drank. And they were given that for three years of their training that they may serve the king. And it says, so here they were, they're all given these special, there's only one problem with this. The food which Daniel and all those young men were offered, was they were forbidden to eat it by the word of God. It was not kosher. It was, it was, it was in Babylon, it was a delicacy. But before God, it was not allowed. And Daniel, was this young man who made a decision. And the result of his decision was that verse 9 says that God began to favor Daniel. You know what it is to have the favor of God upon your life? It means that God speaks, treats you special above other people. He got favor in the next chapter, God gives him a spiritual gift. He can interpret dreams supernaturally. So he gets a supernatural gift. And then it says that he ended up looking better. Verse 15, than all the other young men are made. God made him better than anyone else around him. God can still do that for you today. But the reason he became better was that all these young men, all the men had the Word of God, and they all knew this food wasn't kosher, and they all ate it. They all gave in when the temptation came, when the test came. They all yielded. So many people today, they will. They go to church, but they still are happy to defile themselves with the delicacies of Babylon. But Daniel, it says, said to the king, uh-uh, just give me, even though... Could have cost him his life. But he said, I just want food. I just want water and bread. 
Water and vegetables. Just give me water and vegetables. Gave him water and vegetables. And God was so pleased that he refused to defile himself by eating Babylon's delicacies because it would contradict the word of God. It would go against the word of God. And this is what we have the temptation every day. We have the word of God says, don't do this. But the world says, Babylon says, do this. We have the word of God. And we have a choice. And what's going to happen in our lives, whether we have the favor of God, is going to deter, largely, it's all going to be about what choices and decisions you make. Where your life gets to depends on the decisions you make. And Daniel received gifts from God, favor from God, blessings of God. God made him stand out. He achieved his purpose in God for one reason, that he chose to honor the word of God and didn't buckle and do what the world demanded. Why did he do that? Why was he, why was he uncommon? Why will you be uncommon this year? There's a key. Verse 8 said, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. It's too late to decide when the temptation comes. You've got a purpose in your heart beforehand. I am going to be somebody that obeys and honors the Word of God with my life no matter what. No matter what temptation comes, if I know the Word of God says this, I'm going to do it. Even if they fire me, even if I lose that relationship, even if they walk out on me, I am not going to walk away and dishonor the Word of God. You have to decide that now before the challenge comes because if you don't decide that now, you'll be overwhelmed like the, boys, the other boys around Daniel when the test comes because you are not as strong as you think. You need to decide now in January. Put your marker down. No matter what happens, if I know God's Word says this, says forgive, no matter what happens to me, I'm going to forgive. No matter what my parent does to me, I'm going to honor my parent because the Word of God says it. I am going to be uncommon. I am going to be a Christian who will not defile myself with the delicacies of Babylon. But I choose. I make that decision now. It's a big decision. It's not superficial Christianity. This is where the rubber hits the road, where you draw a line. Even if I die, even like, the, like Daniel's peers, even if I have to go into the fire, I'm not going to bow down to that idol. You know, you want God to get, you want to get God's attention on your life. You really want to know supernatural favor. You want doors to open. You're going to be like that. There's no sugar coating. You can't be one of these greasy grace. Oh, just God loves me and I can live what I want and expect God's favor on your life. You'll have the theory of the favor, but you won't have the reality. God only releases divine favor to those who fear him and tremble at his word. So this is the time before the temptation comes to say, in 2024, even if it costs me everything, I am going to honor God and His Word. So David overcame. Daniel overcame when everyone else failed. If you turn to James, 
the book of James. Everyone's quiet this morning. All really quiet in here because it's not one of those rah-rah sermons. Let me, let me read to you the book of James because it's one of the most profound books in the Bible and it doesn't sugarcoat anything. Blessed is the man, this is chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, or the woman. For when he or she has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires. Mark that, own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full-blown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my brethren. So what is this speaking? This passage is speaking about the nature of temptation. And to overcome temptation, you must understand the nature of it. Because temptation... Is, is not to do really with what happens. It's not about the temptation, the, the thing that comes. It's about what happens in me. It's, it's a understanding temptation. It's, it's not about the thing. It's about what is happening in me. If I'm going to be an overcomer, I must understand the dynamics of temptation and what is happening in me when I'm tempted. First of all, you've got to know, you can endure it. Because the Bible says, blessed is the man who endures it. And, and you can't control what happens to you, but you can control what happens in you. You can control your responses. Say to somebody, you are powerful. Yes, you are. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control what happens in you. See, Jesus didn't, couldn't control. They put him on the cross. He couldn't control that. He had no control over it at all. People, ungodly people did ungodly things to him, but he prayed on the cross, even as they were crucify him, Lord, forgive them. He controlled his response. And the Bible says to us, don't revile, when that, when, don't revile back when people revile you. Be like Jesus. And you can do that. I, I, I remember uh, going, it was a little while ago, but I went to have coffee with a pastor. And uh, I went to his turf. And, uh, and we went to pick up a coffee and we're going to go, for a walk on, uh, by some water. And this guy who was serving the coffee, uh, kind of, we ordered the coffee, and he kind of just threw it, and it kind of spilled, and was kind of like, there! <laughs> it's most uncommon. And, uh, and the pastor took it and said, I want to bless you, and I trust you're going to have a wonderful week. And I said to the pastor who I was walking with, does he always carry on like that? And he said, surprisingly, he does. And I said, well, how come you're so nice to him? He says, because he's not going to control how I am. You know, you have the power in you 
to control how you respond to temptation. You can't stop it coming, but you do have the power. Greater is in you than he that is in the world. You, and, and not only that, you are the one who is responsible when you face temptation. You've got to actually say, I am the one that's going to be responsible. I have the power to overcome it. Why? Because it says here, do not say that one when he is tempted by God, I am tempted by God. So, and basically saying, when temptation comes, don't blame God, don't blame other people. Like Adam, when he was tempted, he blamed Eve and said, she, she made me do it. Don't blame others. Actually say, I am responsible for my responses. Not responsible for what happens, but I am responsible for my responses. I'm not going to blame other people, but I'm going to take responsibility for how I react to temptation. And I am going to take that responsibility knowing that I have the power to overcome. Now look, verse 14 speaks about each one is tempted where he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown brings forth death. What that's speaking about is understanding yourself in relation to temptation. Uh, I just got a boat, a little boat, a little tin boat. I like to go out and what I've discovered is bait and fish. We don't catch money, but we have bait. And we're trying to catch these fish. But fish don't bite because of bait. Fish only bite when they're hungry. They only eat when they desire to eat. Look at this, what it says about our own evil, his own desire. Same word is used when Jesus said, eagerly I have desired to eat the Passover with you. And Paul says, I eagerly desire to be with Christ and not here. Philippians 1.23. And what it speaks about is uh, strong, passionate desire. Now, you are somebody who is created to have strong, passionate desire. Jesus had strong, passionate desire. He desired passionately and strongly to eat that Passover with his disciple. Paul, even though he, he was fruitful for Christ, he so loved Christ, he strongly desired to leave this world and be with him. I've been like that many times. Because, you know, we have strong desire because God has made us passionate people. So to have strong desire, even in the area of sexual things or, or whatever it is, is not wrong in itself. People twist themselves in a knot about having certain feelings. And I say, you can't control your feelings. Feelings are just what they are. They're neither right or wrong. But what is important is what we do when we experience strong desire. Strong desire is not sin in itself. But if we have strong desire and we know that desire is against the Word of God, if we do not deal with that desire, 
it will not remain the same. It is dynamic. It will evolve. What does it say? When desire has conceived, it gives birth to something. It gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full-blown, gives birth to death. So it's like you've got you to understand the dynamic of yourself and temptation and what desire is and what strong desire is. And when you have a strong desire which is not godly, you've got to know it's dangerous. It's not going to stay where it is. It is going to become something unless you deal with it. And this is why Paul says, I crucify the flesh. When you experience strong desire, that desire itself is not wrong. But if you let it go, it'll produce sin. And sin produces death. In your family, in your relationships, in your work. So, well, you've got to know what, what, what strong desire is capable of doing. And when you have a strong desire, you're experiencing, you haven't sinned yet, but that's the time we have to apply the cross, and we have to crucify it. That's why Paul speaks about crucifying the flesh, so that desire does not get to sin. You got it? You're going to have those desires, and those desires are not wrong in themselves this year, but how you act, deal with those desires is how far you're going to get with God. You... To be an overcomer, you have to be familiar with crucifying your flesh. That's what Paul says, I die daily with Christ. Crucify it. Don't play with it. Crucify it. You know, I, 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 this, is pos this, is, this is completely possible to have victory. Completely possible. Some of us are defeated and we've got the mind thinking like, oh... I've been, I've been in this for many, many years, and I can never get victory. I remember years ago when I was single and a young man. There was a certain area in my life where I was defeated, like a lot of young men. You can probably guess what it is. But I came to this particular passage, and I decided to crucify the flesh. And God gave me the power when I made the choice. And I had victory from that day to this day. The sin cycle stopped because we have the Holy Spirit. We have power to overcome temptation, strong desire, which is ungodly. You know, I, 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 and, and it says this strong desire leads to death. I, I always say this, leads to death. If you've ever crossed a line you should never have crossed and got into a sin that lead to death, it is so painful. It, is, it causes maybe death in your relationship, cause death where there was previously trust, smashes families. I, I have decided, I, I made a choice many, many years ago that when it comes to, let's say, adultery, it's, it's just not even a possibility. You, you, I'm saying... Consider the cost this year of your sin. Because I, I thought many, many years ago, if I, if I was to experiencing just a short little window of pleasure, what would it cost me? Well, it would cost me my best friend, who's my wife. 
it will cost me 20 years of accumulated trust with my children. Gone like that. It would cost me credibility. Many of you would stumble. I would stumble you. I could destroy the faith of some of you. And personal credibility, all my personal credibility would be gone. And so it's, it's actually a good thing when we know we're going to be attempt, tempted by something is to stop and just think, I'm being practical here, is it worth it? You know, my flesh wants to say that thing about somebody. I want to gossip, but I, when I get home, I'm going to feel like spiritually I've been vomited on. Is it worth it? I'm going to feel rotten for weeks. Is it worth it? Just to have that little tasty morsel of gossip. It's not worth it. Now, to be really practical, I don't know how long I've been preaching, but I'm having fun. I'll, I'll just be really, really practical here. Maybe uh, this is how people, this is how human, human nature is like this. Uh, if you can see there's a line here in the carpet, I hope you can see it. There's a line here in the carpet. And what, what people do, this is what you've got to do to start this year, because I'm talking about being prepared and positioning yourself. What people, human nature, tend to do is like, on this side of the line is the will of God, and I know this is what I can do. And on this side of the line is sin and what I can't do. What we tend to do, just out of human nature, we tend to go, you know what, I'm going to go right up to here. Even might sway over there a little bit, but I'm going to go right up to the line. And so, you know, we, we, we you know, maybe there's... You know you're not to be yoked with an unbeliever, and you don't know you're not to be promiscuous, but there may be someone in your office who's not a believer. You know he's got bad character. Maybe he gives you a bit of attention. You go like, well, what harm is there? What harm is there having a date with him? What you go right up to the line. What I would suggest, and I've discovered the power of this. This is, this is real wisdom. Uh, David Wong taught me this. I heard it was a Chinese preacher preached it years ago. You know, he said the, the key to overcoming temptation, move the line. Move it back here. Move the line. So there are certain things that stumble you. Maybe you're a male and you look at certain things on the internet you shouldn't. This year, after whenever it is at night, you don't go on the computer. You move the line back here. Certain people, you know when you go out with them, you know the conversation is going to get unedifying. You just choose different company. You move the line back here. You don't even go near it anymore. You just move the line. Start 2024 by being really honest with our capacity, knowing that I can be, I can be tripped up. These people, they, you know, these people that, that Ross read about in 1 Corinthians 10, they saw the Red Sea part. They saw manna come down from heaven. They saw miracles. They saw water come out of a rock and they were led and taught by Moses. They had a great pastor and they had all this and they still failed. 
So we can too. So we've got to be really honest. Get prepared this year. Move that line. Purpose in your heart. I am not going to do anything that the Word of God doesn't say. Today, make that choice. And, and when Jesus was in Gethsemane, you know, he was, he was in Gethsemane and God was calling him to go to the cross and his flesh didn't want to go there. And some of us, God will, God will ask us to go or to not go places this year that our flesh wants to go. Now, Jesus' flesh didn't want to go to that cross, but God was saying, go there. And, you know, he went and he accomplished everything God had for his life. And then for after that, God therefore exalted him and seated him at the right hand of the Father. He passed every test. He, he resisted every temptation. And in that, this is the passage where Jesus went right through, but all the disciples failed. They all walked away from him. They all ran away when the test came. So Jesus passed the test of temptation. They failed. And this is what he said. What You could not watch with me one hour. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. There's just something about praying. Praying, watch and pray. There's just something about praying that makes your spirit man strong. And, and it even enables you to pass tests just by being in the presence of God. So start, that's why we're starting with 21 days of prayer this year. Because I believe nothing positions you for your day for victory than starting your day with the Lord. Just starting the day in His presence. Starting the day, watching, praying. He also said this, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin. Pray, get your Bible out. You know, some of these disciplines, they're never ever going to go out of fashion. Praying and reading the Word of God is absolutely essential for the victorious Christian life. I know we say these days, if I get a Hebrew tattoo on my arm, and that's going to make me really cool, and I'm going to be an overcomer. That, none of that contemporary things makes you an overcomer. You must pray. You must spend time in, in the presence of God. And you must get the word in you. See, Jesus was tempted by the devil three times in Matthew chapter 4. And every time, how did he answer the devil? We know this. How did he overcome the temptation? Even the devil offered him the whole world. He said to the devil every time, it is written. But he didn't get out the Bible and read it. it. It was in him. I have hidden the word in my heart so that when I am tempted, it comes out of me that I won't sin. That's what happens when you're baptized in the word. It gets in you. And when you're tempted, the particular reamer that you need that becomes a sword comes out of you and you can defeat the devil. That's why we need the daily discipline of reading the Word of God. I have hidden the Word in my heart. How do you hide it in your heart? You meditate on it. You're better off taking like one little verse, 
just a day and think about it all day, chew it over in your head. How does that work? What is that? Why is that true? You know, just, but just do it every day. Take the Word of God with you. You know, some people, you know, they can tell you, they can quote you, you know, phrases out of a movie, verbatim, boom, 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 boom. But they don't even know where the book of Hezekiah is. I tricked you. There is no book of Hezekiah. There you go. But you've got to have the Word of God in you. And then finally, 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 where we start at 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I know this off by heart. It says, Therefore, let him who thinks he t stands take heed lest he fall, because you're not as strong as you think you are. No tempting has over temptation has overcome you, such as in common to man. So the devil says this is an original sin. Nobody's ever done this before. Wrong. It's common. Everyone's done it. But God is faithful. Yes, he is faithful. How? Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So it's like Joseph, when he was tempted, and this woman in Joseph, she, he was a, the Bible says that he was a handsome man and he was well built. And so he's like, he's very, very desirable for, for women in his day. He was, he was attractive. And uh, he was working in Potiphar's house, and Potiphar's wife propositioned him. And not only did she proposition, but every day when people were out, and every, she was just kept, kept, kept trying to get him to sleep with her. And in the end, she actually grabbed him and said, this is the day, I'm sick of... And, and, it's, and it says that he fled. He fled and he left his coat there because his reputation and his standing with God was more important than his material possessions. And he fled... Because God had made a way of escape. And, you know, no, no matter what temptation comes your way, just by faith, by faith, know when you feel it, you could even be overwhelmed, you will not be, God will not allow a temptation that you can, cannot bear to get to you. He filters them. And so when it comes to you, you can bear it, and there is a way of escape. Normally, it's called a door. You know, if you're in that club, or someone's smoking something, it's called a door, and it's there, and you need to take it. Get up, get up while you're still strong, and get out, and God will bless the socks off you. He will bless the socks of you. He'll promote you. He'll release his favor over you because you've chosen him. You've chosen to honor his word and you've taken the escape that is there. So this year, the word of God is that you and I will not be overcome, but we will be overcomers. We will have victory over lust, over idols, over sexual immorality, over sins of the mouth. We will not test God. 
because right now we are positioning ourselves. We're positioning ourselves by making choices, by making sure we move the line, by starting the year with prayer and fasting, by saying this year I'm going to live in the Word. And you know what? You, 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 all of us need positive motivation. You all need positive motivation. We all need positive motivation, no, no matter who you are. And this is what we need to hear. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he is has been approved, he will receive the crown of life. So when it comes and we endure it, and we recognize it, we don't give in to it, we take the way of escape. This blessing of God is not for when we die. God starts to bless us here. He starts to release that faith. Yes, at the end of we'll receive the crown of life, but he'll bless us here. He'll bless us now. And it says that uh, for when he has been approved, you know, you can live with the smile of God, with the approval of God upon your life. It's what makes you joyful. It's the source of all joy. You know I have the smile of God. It's like sun on the back of my neck. It is real and I have it. doesn't give it to everybody. God gives his approval to those who honor him and obey him. So get it in your mind this year that you are powerful. And know when temptation comes. Know what's happening within you. Know when desire is rising. And know that you've got to crucify that thing. You know, the devil will come tempt you. And of course, we're fallen nature. The desire rises, rises. It's dynamic, but you've got to crucify it because it will lead to sin. And here's the last thing. I'll just say, uh, generally speaking, particularly in the area of sexual immorality, Paul says this. Let us walk properly as in the day, not reverently in drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and no, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Notice it says, let us walk properly as in the day, not in reverently in drunkenness. Here's just my own two bobs worth I'm going to throw in at the end. You're not being overcomer, go to bed early. Nothing much happens good after 11 o'clock but a lot of bad stuff happens. I'm being really practical. Go to bed early so you can get up in the morning and meet with God. I go to bed. If we haven't got a prayer meeting, I go to bed 8 o'clock. <laughs> we're not a very exciting family. We go to bed really, really early, but we're up praying at 4 o'clock in the morning, positioning ourselves. Bang! But you know, if you're someone who's used to going to clubs and all, you are young and do that, that's not how to position yourself. We are people of the day. We are people of the light. And it's practical. So, do you really expect this year to be different? The Bible says, believe the prophetic word and prosper. I didn't come up with that word. I heard the word of God in the prayer meeting, New Year's Eve, that this would be a year where you would have overcoming victory. Now, I know we are, we are, there are people here that you have been defeated by certain things for a long, long time. But this year, you are going to overcome. This is going to be the year where you get out of that failure cycle. You start going up the holy mountain, going into better places with God. 
And Father God, I thank you for your promise. I thank you for your word that, Lord, you have said you're taking a people higher up your holy mountain this year, that you're taking a people and preparing a people to know you more, to know the power of your word more. Have a people, Lord, who don't fail and fall, but actually get to the places that you're trying to take us, our destinies, our purposes, and our callings. And Father God, I'm asking today by the power of the Holy Spirit, we will purpose in our hearts that this year, from this day forward, I will never, ever dishonor the Word of God. I will never willfully disobey the Word of God. I will never defile myself with the delicacies of the world. But I'll be a person. Even if it costs me my life, I will obey your Word. Father God, I declare that this year in 2024, when ungodly desire to gossip, to lust, to do whatever begins to grow in my heart rather than nurture it. I shall crucify it by the power of the Holy Spirit. I shall crucify the flesh and gain victory. Father God, this year we choose as we start this year to not go close to that thing, to not overestimate my own ability to resist. But Father God, I will get further from that temptation. I'll distance myself from the people, the relationships, the habits that have brought me down before. I'll move the line this year. And Father God, Jesus overcame the world. And we are in Him. He is in us. Show us all that you've already put the power in us to overcome every temptation that comes our way. That we may enjoy your favor, your blessing, your approval on our lives and get to the good places that you want to lead us this year. Father God, again, I declare victory over every household in this place through the power of the Holy Spirit. I declare breakthrough. I declare a new thing, a new season according to your promise. Season of overcoming. In Jesus' mighty name. Stand up and praise Him. Say, this year, by faith, I am going to know God's approval and I am going to make progress. I am getting to the good purposes and plans, places God wants to take me. I'm going to get there because I am an overcomer. In Jesus, I'm an overcomer. Pastor Ross was probably going to finish it, but I'm not going to finish it. why it's important to apply everything, everything.
that we've just been talking about this year, to be really deliberate. The Bible says this, of course the devil prowls around and he's going to attack us on that evil day with temptation. Breastplate of righteousness. You know, that righteousness that we walk in, it's the righteousness of Christ, but we apply it to ourselves. It's the key to having a good life. The righteous are blessed, the Bible says. I've never seen the righteous begging bread. The righteous are blameless and the children are blessed. Son of righteousness will arrive with healing in his wings. When we got that righteousness, it affects so much of our life. You've got to keep it on. Because it's the source of all your blessing, your righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the material needs will be provided. And Satan wants to strip you of your righteousness through temptation. But that righteousness, it's spiritual armor. It is breastplate. And it keeps all of your life protected. All of your life protected. It's on you because of Christ. You just have to keep it on by resisting temptation. The blessings of God will only increase. The goodness of God and the favor of God. I declare this year, that breastplate shall not be stripped. You know, I've learned, you know, every now and then in a household, there is tension, there is friction, maybe you argue with your wife, your kids, whatever. What I've learned over the years is this. Most important thing is not winning the argument. Most important thing is not losing my righteousness. Remember that. When you argue, when you're tempted to lose your cool, keep the breastplate. Above all things, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you value righteousness like that, you will overcome all temptation. 2024. Amen. Amen. God bless you. May the Lord may his face shine upon you. May he strengthen you. May he know his peace and favor and his goodness upon you and his approval every day. Every day this year because you choose him. God bless you and have a wonderful, victorious week. 2024, we'll be praying here Monday morning at 7. We'll be praying Monday or Tuesday in Kurabong. We'll be praying back here 7 on Wednesday to position ourselves for 2024. God bless you.